All right. <laughs> How's everybody doing? We've got to start over, right? Uh, no, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited because uh, today, like for those of you who were here last week, you know that last week was our one-year birthday party. Come on, Timbers Church. We are... We are with the big boys now, right? I mean, we are like two years old, which is pretty stinking awesome. I love it. Uh, we are growing and we are becoming uh, bigger. Thinking back when we only had four people. Thinking back when uh, you, uh, like you guys got a shout out last in the message last week, along with several, like we had a whole bunch of people that we sort of just told the stories of how God sent people to Timbers to be a part. And it's just so cool. And, 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 and like God sent us, me and Kirsten, but he sent others. And so many of you, all of you. You have unique story and uh, God is sending more people to join us, which is exciting to just sort of have conversations and see how God works. And so I'm just excited about the future. This is going to be a very, very big year for us. I believe that this is going to be a year that is going to be the year that we see some growth actually happen in our church. I mean, we saw growth this last year, even though it still feels small. We saw we saw growth. We really, really did. And uh, but but we spent more time this last year really working on our DNA, our culture and some of the those things. This year, we're going to get a little bit more intentional about inviting people from the community into our doors. And I'm really, really excited for what God is going to do this year through you guys, through us, through through just Timbers. And it's going to be very exciting. But that is moving into this year. So today, we're going to start our first series of year two. And uh, we're going to call this series Chaos. <laughs> Chaos. So if you have a note card, you can pull that out, right? Chaos part one up at the top. It's going to be three weeks we're going to spend on this. And I'm really, really excited about it because there is something about this series that just sort of hits home in my life. If you have a Bible or a version Bible app, you can open it up to Proverbs chapter 21. Proverbs chapter 21, verse Verse 31 and uh, just one verse and we're going to just sort of dive right into it right here and right now because we don't have anything to review from last part of the, I mean we're starting a new series so there's nothing to review. So let's uh, dive in Proverbs chapter 21 verse 31 says this it says the horse is made ready for the day of battle but victory rests with the Lord. I'm going to read that again. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Let's pray. God, we invite you into this message. Lord, we ask, Father, that you speak clearly to us, open open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, and soften our hearts so that we'll be able to receive what you speak, and then give us the strength and the courage to put all that you speak into action. Because we don't want to just be hearers of your word, God. We want to be your church. I pray that you will help us to do that. In Jesus' mighty, powerful name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 So chaos. Why are we calling it chaos? What is chaos, right? Have you ever experienced some chaos in your life? Maybe you've seen chaos in your life, right? I mean, like, it's just one of those things. It's, it's chaotic, right? Like, have you ever seen the show, like, Hell's Kitchen with, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Gordon Ramsay? Yeah, Chef Gordon Ramsay. That is chaos. Like, every time I, I see that show, I'm thinking, okay, that is so, like, I never want to eat again. Like, I just, like, the fact that, like, I'm eating somewhere and putting somebody in the back through that. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel 
like I'm doing them a disservice by showing up. I mean, it's just chaos. I mean, things are being thrown. Things are being yelled. And I'm just like, this is unreal. And, uh, and I'm never going into that line of work. That's not for me. Cooking is not for me. Being, in a, being a chef back there and, and the, the trying to feed everybody. I'm like, that's a lot of work, hard work, and that's chaos, right? There's another thing that I always think of when it comes to chaos, and that is the stock market. Have you ever seen pictures or videos on YouTube of the stock market? You got all those guys dressed up in suits and they're doing their things. And it's like, I don't even know what they're doing. I'm not good with numbers. So uh, thankfully, I would never go into that line of work. But even if I was good with numbers, I would never go into that line of work because it's chaos. I mean, people are yelling and screaming about like all these numbers going. I'm like, it makes no sense. And I would not want to be there. So there's chaos there. And then you also have some other chaos. There's those families, right? Those families with a lot of kids. Those guys are crazy, right? Anybody with a lot of kids is crazy. And it's chaotic, right? And so there's so many things that make up the chaos of life. But I I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. But oftentimes I feel like life is that way. It just feels chaotic. Right. And maybe it's because I fall into the crazy category of having a lot of kids. Right. Four or five coming. You know, it's like, what in the world are you thinking? You know, like chaos just sort of goes with life, though. Right. I think it's safe to say that everybody feels that way in some way or another, because life is what it's busy. Life is unstable at times. Life is also very unpredictable. Always throwing us a curveball like you didn't see that coming. Where'd that come from? And it's like, wow, there we go. And so there's so many things in life that are constantly pulling at us in this direction and that direction and trying to get our attention, right? And so what happens as we go through life is we tend to sometimes begin to lose focus, right? Because we're being pulled this direction and this direction and we can't stay focused on where we should be, right? So we lose focus. Sometimes, never in our lives, but sometimes people will even lose their cool. Can you believe that? Like, it's like all of a sudden, like, man, I just lost my cool. Where'd that come from? Like, I don't know where that well, something is going on in my life, right? There's, there's some chaos and, and I'm feeling the tension and all of a sudden I lose my cool. Or, or there's sometimes you, you have those days and maybe you've never had one of these days, but those days where it's like uh, things go wrong. And it's not just one thing, right? It starts with like, I spilled my coffee, right? Like, and it's like, oh man, you know, but then it was like, you should have went back to bed because like the fact that you stayed up and kept going on with your day, it was like, now I got a flat tire and now I got this. Now I got, and it's like, things are breaking lit left and right. And it's like, what in the world is going on with my day? And it just feels chaotic, right? And so when chaos comes into our life and we feel that way, what is the feeling that it leaves you with, right? The feeling that it leaves you with is you feel a little bit exhausted, right? You feel a little bit distracted. You feel a little bit, what, stressed. Have have you ever said, man, I'm feeling a little stressed right now, right? It's just one of those things. We've all felt stressed. Now, I I, I looked up the word stress in the the famous book, what is it called, Uh, Webster's Dictionary, and I thought it was sort of interesting how they defined it. They defined the word stress as this, a state of mental or emotional strain. Hmm, Have you ever been there? Mental and emotional strain. Tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. Okay. All right, Webster, I got it. I I feel that. I've felt that way. I think we've all felt that way at one time or another. Now, usually we don't tell somebody, man, I'm feeling mentally or emotionally 
straining, you know, strained right now. We don't use that word. I mean, we usually don't even tell people that we feel tension resulting in this demanding circumstance in, in our life. Because that feels a little bit extreme. But we do use the word stress all the time. Because we feel it. There's something about it where it's like, man, I just feel this stress. So what causes stress if we all feel that way and we literally say it, it comes out of our mouth on a pretty regular basis. Man, I'm feeling stressed right now. Feeling stressed right now. You're at work. I'm feeling stressed right now. At home with family. I'm feeling stressed right now. Like it just comes out, right? We say it a lot. So if we say it a lot, where does it come from? Where does stress come from? Well, it comes from, oh, so many different places, right? I mean, if we're honest, one of the places that it comes from on weekly is coming to church, right? I mean, you don't have to come to church every day, every, every Sunday to figure out that there's some stress attached with that. You got to wake up, right? You got to get the kids dressed, right? You got to feed them, right? And that, that, that's, that's chaos right there. That's stressful. And then it's like, man, if we get them dressed before they eat, then it's like they're going to spill on themselves. And then we got to get them redressed, you know, like, okay, we're about ready to get into the car to go. And all of a sudden, little Bray, like, it has a poopy diaper. And now we got to go back in and change the diaper. It's just like chaos, right? And even when you get them all in the car and everybody's in the car and it's ready to go, there's still stress of driving here, right? Because there's some crazies out there on the road. And so you're dealing with with that stress. And so you finally get to church and it's like, I lost my salvation on the way here. I should have just stayed home, right? I got to get re-saved. So church can be one of those things that can cause stress in our lives, right? But there's other things that also cause stress in our lives. We can think of bills, right? The bills are constantly coming. How do I come up with the money to pay these bills, right? That can be a stressful thing. You got home repairs. If you own a home, you don't have to own it very long before you realize something needs repaired, right? Like something goes out, something happens and you got to repair car like right you buy a new car it's like man i got this new car but if it's used if it's not brand new off even if it's brand new off the lot i've talked to people who've had issues right and it's like man car problems man i hate those things that creates stress parenting never causes stress if i'm honest right no it causes a lot of stress i mean you got that newborn stage you got the that toddler stage and you better figure things out there before they become middle school high schoolers because those problems just get so much bigger right it's like stressful to raise a little one, right? You're like, how? My, I have one goal when it comes to parenting my kids. And that one goal is simply this. Don't screw them up too much, right? Because I'm going to screw them up a little bit. We all know that, right? It's just part of parenting. There's stress that comes with it. you got relationships with family, your spouse, extended family, in-laws, you know, cousins. All these things can bring some stress. Let's not even get into work, right? I mean, you got work meetings. And, and, and that can bring some stress. you got things that you have to be done by such and such a time. Yeah, at work. And, and then there's planning for the future. Have you ever done that, right? You got to plan for the future. I mean, just even planning, like, I mean, I want to get my first home. Like, I'm going to buy a home, and, like, you're, you're, you're trying to figure all that out. Like, how much for a down payment? How much for the mortgage? And so you're figuring all that out. Then there's, then there's the season of, like, retirement, right? I got to figure out retirement because, like, I want to have some money to go play, you know, like, and, and, and will I have enough? Like, if I retire too, like, how old do I want to live? Am I going to relive, you know, like, and then there's the stress of, like, man, like, I better die before 100, you know, like, because I only plan to like 95, right? You know, like, and so there's all this that comes into it. And let's not even get into the will, right? You know, the will, like you got to figure out like if I die right here and right now, who's going to watch my kids? That's not stressful at all. I've already said Reed's watching my kids. I'm giving them to Reed, you know, like all of them, you know, like boom, Reed's got them. Reed and Bethany. All right. So, hey, you, that, everybody saw that. That was a verbal. I'm changing my will right now. Uh, 
<laughs> there you go. And remember, there's five. So, uh, but it's just crazy. Like, you got to have those conversations. You got to map things out. You got to, you know, that these are things that you have to do. And it brings stress. We could go on and on with all the things in our life that bring us stress. Because the fact of the matter is, if you are alive, then you're going to experience stress. The moment that you are not experiencing stress means that you're probably not breathing anymore. So you want stress in your life. And the truth of the matter is, I was watching some TED Talks on stress, and I found out that stress is not always a bad thing. It actually can be a good thing. There is good stress and there is bad stress. And so that was really interesting to me. And I began to think about that. And I said, there is good stress. Because there are moments in my life where I have experienced in stress. And it's like when that stress comes into my life, I experience the game on moment. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is on now. And all of a sudden, the stress causes me to exert myself in ways that actually put a better foot forward. For an example. I'm going to push harder if I'm under a little bit of stress. I'm going to, I'm going to maybe at work or, or something for my home or planning for the future, I'm going to research a little bit deeper, right? If it actually is bringing me a little bit of stress. If there's a meeting that I, I, I'm a little bit stressed about, I'm going to prepare a little bit more. I don't want to go in cold turkey, right? That's not going to be good. So I'm going to prepare a little bit more. The, the, those spider senses that Spider-Man has, you know, like he's just like, it's like he's aware. You, you, just, you find out when you experience stress, that you actually have spider senses as well, right? Because it's like you sense things at a higher level. Like if you walk into a dangerous situation, like those spider senses go up. You're like, okay, I'm more alert. Why? Because of the stress. So stress can actually be a good thing that puts you in an awareness of what's going on around you. So we have good stress and we have bad stress. Now the question is, if there is good and bad stress, how do I fall more into the good stress and not the bad stress? So what is the thing? Thing that separates the two because I would love a little bit more good stress in my life. I would love to be able to go a little bit deeper, a little bit harder, a little bit more aware, but I do not want to reach into a place that I'm experiencing something that is going to affect me negatively. So if stress is, is, is that way, what is the thing that separates it? I believe the thing that separates good from bad stress is simply this. It's the amount of stress. It's the amount of stress. Because the truth of the matter is, stress will build upon itself. If you get a little bit of stress, and then you, you, you like, okay, I got some there. But then all of a sudden, you add a little bit more stress and a little bit more. There eventually comes a place where it gets heavier and heavier and heavier to carry. You end up finding yourself moving from a place of stress to distress, right? Where you're like, somebody help me. And you begin to sort of just sort of cave in. I believe that that is the moment where you will actually build, 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 build. And you'll reach a place where you will break. And that's where stress becomes bad. Because you don't want to reach a breaking point. You don't want to reach that place where you end up losing your cool. You don't want to get to a place that causes you to do something that you're going to look back upon and say, man, I so regret that I did that right so i believe that today that we can shine a little bit of light from god's word here and we can actually learn a little bit about how to manage our stress and move us in a good way i believe that we can we can actually remain calm under stressful situations i believe that we can actually manage the difficult demands of life all over the place is that like a bomb 
I mean, that's scary. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but, but here's the deal. I believe that we can actually manage these different areas of our life in an effective way, all based on something that we learn from Scripture. And I believe that if we do this simple little thing, I believe that you can actually get a better sleep, okay? Like, I mean, because stress robs you from sleep, right? Now, I will say this. I told Devin that I was going to say this last night. Uh, like, the truth of the matter is... You will get better sleep if you apply this, but not if you have a newborn or if you have little kids, right? Because the little kids just rob you of sleep regardless if you do this or not. So let's go back to our text and let's read today. Uh, well, today, the text that we read came from the book of Proverbs, right? Proverbs is a book of the Bible that is in the Old Testament. And in order to understand the text that we just got done reading, we need to learn something about the time period that this book was written in. Uh, if you read this book of Proverbs, what you're going to feel like is you're going to feel like you're actually at a Chinese restaurant just eating a whole bunch of fortune cookies. That's all they're bringing you. These little one-liners that sort of blow your mind. You're like, wow, that makes a lot of sense, right? That's what Proverbs is. It's a whole bunch of little sayings coming from a really small, smart guy. The Bible tells us the smartest guy to ever walk on this earth, King Solomon, is the guy who wrote most of Proverbs. And it's just literally thing after thing after thing of wisdom that you can apply to your life. So Solomon is king. So what does that mean? He's king of Israel. That means that he has a lot on his plate, right? He has a lot on his plate. He's the one who wrote this. He's the one who has a lot of, a lot on his plate. What kind of things are on his plate? Well, one of the big things that would be on the king's plate, not to eat, but to do right was, was he had to make sure that the people of Israel were safe. And the way that they would do that is they would basically be the one that would lead the army out to war. They would take out the enemies. Now, Israel was surrounded by a lot of enemies. Matter of fact, King Solomon's dad was King David and King David was a mighty warrior. King David would literally spend most of his time, not at the palace, but most of his time out on the battlefield, literally taking everybody out. In the process of taking everybody out, he made a lot of enemies. Now King David is dead and King Solomon is now the new king. He's not bent to be a warrior, but he's now the king. So he has the responsibility to still protect, right? But yet they're surrounded by all these enemies. And so all of a sudden, here he is with a crazy amount of stress put on his life. How am I, not a warrior, going to keep my people safe? How am I going to do this? So every night that he would go to bed, I imagine that you're King Solomon. You're not really a warrior. You're just a really smart guy. But your dad created all these enemies all around you. And now you have to go to bed every night knowing that those enemies want to take you out and, and take your people out. And yet you are the one responsible to keep them all safe. So every night you go to bed, you're like, man, I wonder who might attack us tonight. Is tonight the night that we get attacked? Tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow is the day that we're going to get attacked. And so you're constantly asking those questions. Are the people going to be safe? And for how long can can I keep the people safe? So the stress load from that would have just kept building and building. Every day that went by, he would have felt that stress build upon his life. Now, he is the wisest man to ever walk this earth. So the question is, if that stress was building in his life over and over and over again, how did he manage his stress? And I think this is so powerful, the text that we read. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 31, shows how he managed his stress. Look at it again. It says, the horses, 
The horse is made ready for the day of battle. The victory rests with the Lord. What in the world is he talking about? What does this mean? Think about this for, for a moment. Think about what he said here. He is breaking this down for us on how to handle stress. Really, he's saying this. Whose responsibility is it to make sure that we are ready for war? Whose responsibility is it to be ready for the battle? Well, it's mine. It's mine. It's my responsibility to make sure that the horse is ready to go to war. Make sure that the horse is ready to go to battle. It's my responsibility to make sure that we have the things that we need to fight so that we're ready. And so the, and King Solomon is sitting here and he's breaking it down. He goes, whose responsibility is it? Well, it's mine. And guess what? I've done that job. I've got the horse ready. I've got the people ready. We are ready to go to war. We are ready to defend. We are ready to protect. So I have done my part. I've done my responsibility. I've prepared. I am ready. And this is the cool thing is he goes on. He goes, whose responsibility is it to handle the victory? Not mine. Not mine. That's God's. God, I'm giving that to you. That's your responsibility. The outcome of us going to war, the outcome of us going to battle is going to be in your hands, not my hands. I will do my part. We will be ready. We will be ready to fight, to defend, to to the last man. But God, you are in control of the outcome. See, this is so big because the stress was not in the preparation of war. It wasn't stressing him out to go out, oh, hey, Horace, how are you doing? Here, let me rub you down a little bit. Let me throw a saddle on you. Like, that's not really that stressful, right? It's not stressful to put those pieces in place. What is stressful is the battlefield. Getting out there in the war, that's the stressful part because there's a chance that you could lose your life. There's a chance that you could lose. There's a chance that your people could be marched off into slavery. The outcome of the battle is the stress, not the preparation for the battle, right? And so he's saying, I've done my responsibility. The non-stressful part I have taken care of, but the part that is stressful, the part that is stressful of where are we going to win, right? Are we going to win? Or, or how, how can we win? Or, or if we don't win, what, what's going to happen next? All those questions, the stress, he says, well, it's not even my question to ask. I don't have to worry about that because that's in God's hands. I'm going to give that to God. Just think of the life-changing release that had to have happened in his life when you realize this. That I don't even have to worry about that because the victory is in God's hands. My responsibility is to prepare and just trust God. God's responsibility is to bring the victory. Simply put, God is holding the future so that I can focus on the present. Right? God knows the destination that we're headed for. So I can focus just on taking the next step in my spiritual journey. Right? So King Solomon came to understand the power of releasing the results to God. What would happen in your and my life if we would realize this too? If we would implement this too? I believe that things would would change a little bit. It would change a little bit because the demands and the pressures would feel so much different, right? The uncertainty would not be such a big deal because you would know that you have a stress reliever in your back pocket. And I'm not talking about one of those stress balls that you pull out and roll around, right? Not one of those that you would have a stress reliever that would be a God, 
God would become your stress ball, right? One who literally says, I hold your future. I hold your future so that you can focus on what is right in front of you. I mean, it's so simple and it's so cool because it doesn't eliminate the responsibility out of your life. You're still responsible for something. But God says, don't worry about the outcome. You just worry about what is right in front of you. This is so big because it means that you can focus on that next step, the next step, the next step, the next step. We invite people to start the journey because we're all on a different spiritual journey, not different spiritual journey, but we're all in a different place on the journey, right? We all have a different next step to take. And so God is saying, man, just focus on your next step. Don't worry about so much the destination because I'm the one that's leading this journey. And I'll get you to a place that you'll be happy that you end up. I mean, it's so big. So all of a sudden, you need to step into the responsibility that God has put in front of you. What does it look like for you to prepare the horse for battle? Right? Because you do need to go and prepare. You need to go study a little bit more, go research a little bit deeper, go practice a little bit harder, go apologize for something that you regret doing, right? Go serve someplace. Like there's so many different things that you can do and then rest assured in the fact that God actually holds your future in his hands and that he is a God that is big enough and strong enough to trust. Not just a little bit, but fully. See, Peter wrote something over in the New Testament that actually backs this whole idea up so much. He wrote this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. He said, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That's a God that we serve. A God that cares, a God that sees, a God that knows. And so the anxiety that builds in your life, the worry that builds up in your life, the stress that you carry, guess what? You can literally cast all of it. On him, on Jesus. The word cast here actually means to throw or put on, right? And so what Peter is saying here is he's saying that anxiety, that stress, that worry, that chaos that comes into your life. I want you to just sort of throw it or put it on Christ. I want you to put it on Christ. Let Christ carry it for you. Let him Let me give you three quick steps to help you do just that. Three quick things. And you can write this down. You can write this down because I really think that it will help you out as you manage stress. The first step that I want to give you is this. I want you to identify your stressor. Now, the truth of the matter is we could probably have a hundred things that we could write down that are stressors in our life. But I want you to identify just one. And to write it down. Okay, now I don't want you to write down work, right? Because work might be a stressor, but I want you to get more specific than that. Be at work, what is the thing that actually stresses you out? So identify, and maybe it's not work, maybe it's at home, maybe it's some other place, who knows where it is, but I want you to find that thing and say, I have identified that stressor in my life. That's step number one. Be specific, write it down, and know that that is a place that brings stress into your life. Now that you've identified it, you move to step two. Step two, what would that be? Well, go ask for help. Because here's the thing when it comes to stress. We oftentimes think that we have to carry this stress by ourselves. Because it's our stress. It's our problem. But the truth of the matter is we were not designed to be alone. 
God said that it was not good for man to be alone in the garden. You have never been made, you've never been designed to do life on your own. So if you're doing life alone and handling all the stress by yourself, then guess what? You're going to have some problems. Ask somebody to help. Now, what does that look like? Well, I encourage you to find a Christian brother or sister, somebody of the faith, somebody who can inspire you and point you to Christ to come alongside and help you. That doesn't mean that they take it upon themselves. But what it does mean is that they get with you and say, hey, let's pray about that together because God has the power to take care of this situation. And when you have somebody that can come alongside with you, hear what it is. And pray with you about it. Then guess what? All of a sudden you're not praying alone. Because honestly, truthfully, there are moments in life where I am dealing with stress head on. And I don't have the time. I don't have the energy to pray about the thing that I'm experiencing in the moment. In the moment, all I can do is focus right here in front of me. But if I have pulled my accountability partner, my best friend, Rick, that I'm going to be dealing with this stuff, the Holy Spirit at times has literally told him to pray for me when I'm dealing with something. And so even though I am not praying for the thing that is bringing me stress and I'm in the moment dealing with it and I'm not dropping to my knees and praying, even though I'm not praying, guess who was praying? He was praying. Why? Because I asked for help. And I had somebody who could literally help me in my moment of weakness, in my moment of pain, in my moment of whatever it was, in my moment of stress. So asking somebody to come in, and sometimes when you talk to somebody and ask somebody, they just happen to have some advice. Been there, done that. I got some things that can, I can maybe speak into that situation. And that can be a very beneficial thing as well. So ask for help. The step three is this. Take a step. Take a step because remember, you still have responsibility, right? You have to prepare to combat this stress somehow. So you need to figure out what is my plan to actually combat this? Do I need to spend a little bit more time in the morning getting my my trust factor built up because I've actually spent time with God and prayed about this thing and talked about it? Do I need to actually go and maybe prepare a little bit more for this meeting that's stressing me out, right? Like maybe I'll put a little bit more time and attention. What is the step that you could take to eliminate that stress and bring it down to be a little stress rather than a lot of stress, right? Take action on whatever that thing is that's going to best give you the ability to overcome it, right? You've got to figure out the plan. What does it look to prepare the horse for battle? You've got to answer that. Only you can figure out what your next step is going to be to deal with that stress. But you need to figure it out and you need to do what it action would require, which is take a step in that direction. I believe that if you do that and then you trust God with the outcome, I believe that stress will go from a lot to a little. I just believe that so, so much. Reed, you can come on up. We're going to get ready to close. This is so huge. But the truth of the matter is this. The truth of the matter is as we get ready to close here, I know that sometimes it can be hard to trust God fully because you haven't put your faith in him fully. I mean, that's true, right? And we talk about this, and I know that all of us here have done this, and that means that you're ready for the next step. But there are people in our lives who have not done this. They haven't fully put all their faith in God. They put some of their faith in God. I believe in God, but I haven't put all, I haven't turned my life over to Him. Well, that's always the first step, is to surrender our lives to Him. 
To say we're all in. And as we do that, then there's something that happens inside of us. Because we begin to experience a joy that overflows out of us. Because we realize that he has unconditional love for us. We realize that he sees our full potential. Why? Because he made us, right? We realize that he died for us knowing all of our shortcomings, all of our stress, all of our sin. He knows it all. And yet he still died for us in that moment. And that means that his grace was big enough to literally cover all of that so that we could be in relationship with the creator of the universe. How cool is that? So when we realize that fully and we step into that, which I know that we all have, that means that we can now rest assured that he has us. He has us. He has us. He has our future in his hands. And so when we look at our cue for this week and we understand that he has us and has our future, I want our our cue to be this. I want us to let God hold our future so that we can focus on our present. That's our cue. Let God hold your future so that you can focus on your present. Now, what that looks like for all of us is going to look a little bit different because we all, like I said, are on different steps in the journey. And God is leading us all in little different directions. And it's exciting. Remember how we talked about how so many people here at Timbers were sent? We talked about that last week, how you were sent. God didn't just send Kirsten and me to this church, but he sent us. You guys all have a story of how you were sent here. It's so incredible. But God is still going to work through you in that. And you're going to face some battles. And you're going to face some stress. When it comes for you and what God wants to do in your family. As your family grows. There's going to be some stress. When it comes to the relationships that you form with other people. You're going to have some stress. When it comes to how he wants to advance you in your jobs, in your careers. There's going to be some stress. There's going to be stress that you will face. But you can know this. That you can fully zero in and focus on your present. And trust God with the outcome, with your future. Let's just take a few minutes and let's pray this through. Well, read just sort of play softly. And you can put the cue back up there on the screen just so that we can see it.